All right, welcome back. We are here with episode 17 of Balancing Chaos with Kelly and Gretchen. And today we're going to be talking about uh, how we get our news in these interesting times that we live in. But to get started, we're going to do a little catch up on our week and how we did with our budgets and all of that. So do you want to start, Kelly? Sure. My budget is not going very well this week. (laughs) This month, in fact. First of all, we booked a 10-year anniversary honeymoon in the month of January. So that that killed the budget on day one. And that's the first vacation we've ever taken together that we've actually paid for. Because, you know, we did go to Australia with Oprah. Right. Exactly. All, ex- all expensive so paid. If you average it together, you're actually saving a ton of money. It's true. It is. Uh, and then we got the dog fixed and James got new tires on his car. Well, that sounds awesome. It was a bad month. But <laughs> on all in all, we're in much better shape. My mint um, has been great because it actually warned me that we accidentally paid a huge bill out of the wrong account. Oh, yeah. And so we were able to deal with that because I got the quick alert on my phone and James got it too. So we called each other up and dealt with that. So I was so happy that we had set Mint back up again. Did you um, share the, do you want to share your um, Airbnb? Oh my gosh. This is another great save from my Mint uh, (laughs) software. So we got an alert, both of us, uh, that said that we had an international charge. And of course, we jumped into panic mode and thought that someone had hacked our credit card account. And this was, I don't know, 11 o'clock on a Friday night. And so I called the company and turns out that I had my Airbnb account set up saying that I was from the United Kingdom. (laughs) <laughs> so when I booked a Airbnb for February, because I'm going down to a conference, I was charged an additional international fee to exchange the currency from United Kingdom, whatever they use for currency, to our currency. So it's pretty embarrassing. So I had to pay $4 for stupidity, basically. Have you changed your account? Oh, yeah. I fixed it. I fixed it. Awesome. <laughs> um, so my, my update is that we had an unex- unexpected expense in having to get a new cell phone. So we've all been mm-hmm. on... All of our phones are owned and not on a payment or a contract or anything. But my daughter's phone totally died, and we went to a local iPhone repair guy who is great. If you ever need a battery or a screen, he's awesome. And he looked at it and he was like, "No, I can't, I can't, I can't fix it. It's really dead this time." So we ended up going to, um, we ended up going to the cell phone store, and I got a new phone, and my daughter got my old phone. So she's pretty excited about it. But it is. Um, it's totally gonna bug me anyway <laughs> i just need to give people an idea of what's going on over here so every single time we record we have a different sound setup and recently it's become very sophisticated to the point where we have new microphones and gretchen wears a full-blown headset and it makes it very difficult for me to focus when i'm looking at her because she's got headphones Ooh, on and a big microphone <laughs> i figured out what it was and anyway she's watching the graphs that show us if our sound quality is good or not and it's driving her crazy I figured it out. Okay. There was a button press. Phew. So now I'm good. Okay. Poor Dave is so stressed out because he actually won <laughs> awards for audio recording and stuff. So he sets me up and then goes to work and then I do this and we're awesome now. It's all good. This is good. Okay. So anyway, I just got to write down every new step every time we have this. So anyway, we had to get a new phone. So now I'm going to pay an extra $32 a month for my phone, which is an expense I wasn't planning on, but we can make it work. And we keep our phones just like our cars. We keep them forever. So when this one 
gets when the next phone dies, someone else will update and we can hand down the old one to Ingrid or whoever at that time. But so I, I handled that. But also, um, so I'm, I'm using YNAB, which is mm-hmm. what the locals call it. You need a budget. And they have all these little 20 minute like webinar classes that are live. And so I did a couple of those this week, which were really interesting. Like it helped me understand how to use the software even more than I had understood before. So if you are using YNAB, definitely check out the classes. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but they're all 20 minutes long and they're really strict on the 20 minutes. And you can ask questions, but you don't see anyone else in the room. And it's a live presenter. It's not mm-hmm. just like a recorded webinar. So it was re- it was really pretty cool. So, so I it looks that. like the difference between... YNAB and Mint is that Mint automatically categorizes your budget based on historic trends. So if I go to, say, Amazon in one day and I I categorize that as clothing, then every time it sees an Amazon order, it will categorize it as clothing. So you don't necessarily have to go in and manually allocate it to a budget line. YNAB will, will connect to all your accounts automatically and pull all that in, but they really want you to be entering it in when you spend it. So like if I put in um, I had to do a deposit on Girl Scout camp. So I, I put that in that day. I spent $30 on this day for Girl Scout camp. And then when the account, when the transaction comes in, it pops up and says, is this the same? Are we going to match this? And you match it. But it's it's more about going in there and being a lot more hands-on, I think, than Mint. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one of the things that I've learned is that I am way, way, way off on what I thought we spent on groceries by hundreds of dollars. Yes. Hundreds of dollars. Like I thought... We probably spend four hundred, closer to five if we get a plated box. I think I've spent eight hundred dollars on groceries this month yeah. so far, and I, and I'm like, you know, I I don't understand how we can spend that much money on groceries. I did buy, you know, like there was an extra probably forty bucks for a party I went to, <clears throat> but I spend way more on groceries than I thought. So it's kind of interesting. So like this first month is really interesting just to see where the hell the money is going because that's kind of how I feel in general and being able to like really tag it the other thing that's nice is that I can split it up so like if I I went to Target and I got some groceries there but I also got um some medicine for one of the girls so I could say oh nine dollars was medicine forty dollars was groceries and I can really be fine-tune my spending so yeah see where it's going so I feel like the first month is almost like okay where is it going now what are you going to adjust going forward so it's been interesting that way yes and I mint didn't used to let you do that separate everything out and now it does if you go to target and explain the situation that you just explained you can separate out in mint which I like but I am 100% cannot agree with you more I think most people if they're actually gonna scale back it's on food I know for us when we were really turbo all (laughs) the savings came from food whether it was groceries the combination of groceries and eating out because oh, those two expenses out. are that you there's usually a lot of room for wiggle in there. It's it's really tough with the kids. I don't know if you have this problem with your kids, but my kids they won't necessarily eat. I can fix them a whole dinner <laughs> one night and they eat it, and then the next night or two nights later you could fix the same dinner and they won't touch it. And then there's a lot of food waste. There's a lot more food waste now than I ever had before, and I find that very difficult to manage with the budget. We seriously, I got a compost bin when Ingrid started solid food as like uh, an infant because I was so pissed off at the food I was throwing out. So we have, it's actually full and because of the cold snap it's frozen so it stopped cooking itself. So we've actually had to back off on our composting. But 
I literally drove to Eddington and bought a compost bin from their town office because I was like, okay, at least I'm not throwing it out into the landfill. I'm putting it into our yard. And so we've been composting for 11 years. And the comp- this is the first time the compost bin has ever filled up. And we put all of our food waste in there, a lot of like garden waste and stuff like that. But but yeah, I hear you on the on the wasted food. I need to get a compost. I can't believe I don't have one. I used to, but we haven't had one since we moved back here. Get plenty of room for a compost. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so that's our so those are our budget updates. And um, we also so oh, one thing that I've been hearing, one of the things that we hear from people is that they like, man, the city of Bangor should pay you a stipend <laughs> for recruiting people. So I, the one thing I want to make clear is that when we talk about our neighborhood, we have an awesome neighborhood. And I just want all of you people out there to know that this is not an HOA neighborhood. It's not a <laughs> gated neighborhood. This is just your regular average run of the mill Everyone buys a house. Everyone takes care of their lawn or doesn't. We have a house around the corner that has like a, is like a hoarder house. This is not like a fancy, exclusive gated neighborhood with a high HOA and membership fees and stuff like that. We're just like like a plain Jane neighborhood that just gets along really well. So now I'm going to say that to lead into <laughs> Kelly's story because Kelly oh my gosh. is the criminal of our neighborhood this week. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I was driving home last week. It was dark out. Disclaimer. <laughs> I've learned recently. It's It's been slowly progressing, but I've decided officially that I should not drive at night anymore. It, <laughs> my vision isn't great, and I get paranoid, and I don't feel like I can see everything I need to see, and I'm really tense and on edge. And this will and clarify so, that. This will so, confirm that. So. I was driving home. It was lightly snowing, and our streets on the street I live on are Boulevard streets. They were very wide. I mean, yep. how wide do you think those streets are? Super wide. They're probably double. Like four cars. Yeah, anyway. a double. A no- you can a park standard. on your side and still drive two cars past in the middle. That's what I think makes the street so beautiful, yeah. and especially in the summer. It's a very wide street with these old trees. But anyway. No HOA? Win- no homeowners association. <laughs> no gate. It is winter. And we have had a record snowfall this winter. I yes. mean, what is what was our snow total? I think it's like a, I think it's, is there over 100 inches? I don't know. It's a lot. We've I think had we've had lot. the most in the state even. Yeah. Okay. So the snow banks are extremely tall. And then there were two cars parked on either side of the road. It was lightly snowing. It was around six o'clock. It was dark. I had the kids in the car. I'm driving <laughs> down the street and a car was coming toward me going really fast and just the sudden everything coming at me all at once and the narrowing of the street the force speed mitigation between the snowbanks and the two cars and this car coming at me I was panicking and I was white knuckling the steering wheel <laughs> and I heard this boom and I stopped I stopped I put my brake on I go oh my gosh someone just knew, threw a snowball at my car <laughs> so, <laughs> so High crime on the west side. So I stop in the middle of the road. I look around and I see this man walking toward me with this little grin on his face. And I I thought to myself, guy, you just threw a snowball at my car. You think I'm going to talk to you? This is crazy. So I just drove off. I sped off. I get home. I get out of the car. I actually didn't think anything of it. I just take the kids inside. Had, had a dinner. Everything was fine. The next morning... James was outside and he noticed that my rear, not my rear window, but my side mirror was, you know how you can 
yeah. bend them in. Right. So it was bent in. It, nothing was broken or damaged, but it was bent in. And he said, On your car. On my car. He said, Kelly, did you hit something? And I said, no. And he goes, well, weird, your side mirror's in. And so I explained the story to him. And he goes, Kelly, you probably hit a car. Did you stop? I go, I did. But the guy was coming at me and it freaked me out. So I just drove off because I thought he threw a snowball at me. James is so, oh, he's shaking his How head. How many houses away was this from yours? I don't know, maybe 10. Okay. So flash forward to yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) There's a post in our neighborhood thread about people complaining about others parking on the side of the street because of the snowbanks. And then there's all these comments in defense of people parking on the side of the street because we have speed problems on our street. We have a park and people go extremely fast and we're constantly fighting speed. And so people are saying, oh, it's great. It's for speed mitigation. (laughs) And and I'm liking all the comments. And then I get to a comment that says, yeah, my son came over for dinner last night and he parked his car out front and someone hit his side mirror, stopped, looked at him and then sped off. (laughs) (laughs) And And that's when you stop clicking like. I... My jaw dropped and I thought, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And I recognized the last name and I knew I knew where it happened and I knew that those Yeah. I know the husband, so I knew that they lived somewhere over there in the exact house. So I thought, Oh my gosh, so I immediately confessed on Facebook <laughs> to the woman. I said, I believe it was me. I'm gonna private message you. So did she I, ever get the message? Oh yeah, she got she said, I didn't get your message, but she did find it. Because you know on Facebook Messenger yes. they go into this weird pool. So anyhow. She messaged me and she said that her son filed a police report for a hit and run. <laughs> and she gave me his phone number anyway. I, I called the police and turned myself in. It's really funny the way they make you do it. They give you a case number. And she said, here's your case number call. Um, I'm going to transfer you to this officer or detective and, he, and just say that you're the other you're the party responsible <laughs> and so anyway I did that and I told him I'd pay for the damages but um, that probably hit your budget too right it will it's, <laughs> it hasn't hit it yet probably February will hit but so then my brother's girlfriend sent me a text and said my sister was over tonight and she scrolled through the neighborhood thread and showed <laughs> me a comment that you hit and run <laughs> I knew when I publicly confessed I was going to get some crap for but it. That's, but that's good because you could have just been like, oh, I hope no one notices. And you're very honest. And you're was, very yeah. honest. God will appreciate that he in will. the long run. He will. And they're kind of God people too. So they'll they'll be into it. Yeah. I think it's going to so. be all right. But it was pretty funny. All right. So we're going to talk about news. So one of the, and current events and all of that. Because <laughs> Kelly and I approach how we get our news in very different ways. I find myself wanting to rage scream into a pillow at several points throughout the day, it seems. Mm-hmm. And and then I just tell Kelly what I'm raging about. And I think that's how she gets a lot of her information. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, so we went to my daughters and I went to the Women's March on Sunday, which was awesome. And it was great. And the girls loved it. And they had they each we each made our own signs and. That, you know, Ingrid's was on the news and I have friends who want to buy a copy of it as a print because they really like the the poster she did. I'll, I'll put a picture of that up. But um, it was a really great. It was awesome to go and went with one of our friends who's also pretty liberal and pretty politically active. And and it was just a I don't know, it was awesome to go and take the girls to that and be like, no, we are standing up. We're standing here. We're 
we're here and we're being seen. Um, it was just a really cool thing. So, and then hold on, I want to say something. So we, uh, so <laughs> when we were having when we were in preliminary discussions about starting a podcast. <clears throat> I suggested that maybe Gretchen and our friend who she went to the march with do the podcast together because they are extremely passionate about politics and the way they consume news and digest it. And our other friends said, no, 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 you, the two of them, they cannot do the podcast together because they'll be crying every episode. <laughs> it's accurate. And plus we're too much alike. That's yeah. that's why it's nice to have these to have two different views and two different perspectives. And we probably would be because we're just we're very we're very politically correct and politically active and I don't think she doesn't go to Chick-fil-A either. We both stand no. on the side of no Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> and Kelly just says, I went to Chick-fil-A, you want anything? We say, no, we don't want anything. We are good with our They nuggets. are missing out on delicious, <laughs> fantastic chicken. So anyway, so the Women's March was awesome. But then right, like one of the tweets that our president made was, so glad to see women celebrating my presidency, which is just a troll. Like it's just trolling so hard. It's like, no, more people marched this year than last year. And one of the amazing statistics, like that there's this like groundswell of of women in politics and women who are like, oh, my God, OK, I'm going to put down the pillow I'm screaming into and go do something. So there's an organization called Emily's List that helps provide funding for um, women political candidates. And in the last the biggest year they had before last year, they had nine hundred and sixty two candidates ask them for help with fundraising. In 2017, do you want to guess what that number was? Have I told you this? No. What would you guess for a number? I'm going to guess it's much higher. It's higher. 10,000? Higher. 20? Higher. 30? 25,000. Oh, my gosh. So they went from 962 candidates to 25,000 Oh, my candidates. gosh. That's, a, that's amazing. And so they actually say that more people marched around the country this year than did last year. So the year of infuriating, terrifying news has not made anyone so tired they can't get out there and march and be heard. So I always thought that was encouraging. But where I, but where I get this information, because I am a sponge for news in general, and always have been, is from a variety of sources. So where do you get your how do you get your information and how do you know when you've gotten too much information you need to back off and go have a glass of wine? Well, for many years, <clears throat> I used to watch the news every day. And then it became so depressing that I know, I I visibly recognized that it was affecting my mental health. So I quit news and I avoided it at all costs, which I know is a dangerous perspective. <laughs> We quit watching news when um, Ingrid got old enough to realize the news. And when I'm at my parents, there are times I'll be like, Mom, you got to turn off the news. Yeah. Like, this is just pestilence and mayhem at all times. Like, you don't need to watch this right now. Yeah. So we actually stopped. And, and for many, most of my husband's career was spent in broadcast news. And we didn't even watch his station because we never saw his work because we wouldn't watch the news because of that. We didn't yeah. like it. The kids are like, why is that baby on fire? And it's like, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> Turn it's, off. It's so depressing, and there's, and it, the what always made me angry is if I were gonna do, if I could do anything, and money wasn't an issue, I think I would create an all positive news channel. Because <laughs> what irritates me is that 
There are so many great things happening everywhere. Be 30 seconds and then like, eh, that, that was I it. I know people wouldn't even watch it. <laughs> but there are great things happening everywhere and no one talks about it. Right. They only talk about the guy who got shot and the drug deal that happened. And it's just, oh, it's so depressing. So anyway, I do have, so I have a local news app that I do follow that. Newspaper or TV? Um, newspaper. Okay. I do watch that. I am back into watching local news in the morning. But, it, I mean, you only have to watch it for eight minutes and you get all that. <laughs> they keep repeating the whole segment for every eight minutes. And then national news, either New York Times or Huffington Post. But usually what will trigger me to do a deep investigation is when it trends on Facebook. I actually find Facebook very helpful for most of your non um career needs although I mean most a lot of it can filter into your career too like I used to have my Facebook set up with all the professional organizations I like to follow and the news um channel so that when I opened up Facebook it was more like a newspaper but now they're doing some odd reconfiguring of metrics because of all of the um claims against them with the fake news right and with the Russians infiltrating and yeah which is disappointing to me because because now I truly just get all my friends' videos, which I some of them I want to see, but most of them I don't. You know, I did actually like getting the updates from professional right. organizations, and I love seeing what's you hot can see it news. on the side sometimes. Yeah, you can see what's going trending. on. trending, and so yeah. I'll when I see that something's trending, so either usually it's not that hard to hear about something that's trending because everyone will be talking about it, and then I'll dive deeper into okay. I get to fact check this first. Right. So I always use fact checker. Yeah. And then I will, if it's a research article, because a lot of times the health related um, news that surfaces to national news is a study that was published. So I'll go find the actual study and read it myself. (laughs) Because, you know, it's you're getting a reporter's interpretation of research. And most of the time they're not, not only are they not healthcare professionals, but they're not scientists. And they're not researchers. Exactly. So they like see like, oh, coffee makes everyone live 20 minutes longer and then like oh well we did a sample study of one and it was my grandma and it was done conducted by right the homeschoolers university of america or something exactly yeah so in so i get frustrated by that so i always i don't ever i don't ever take the news at face value but it is (laughs) it's a trigger for me to dig into a full-blown invest personal investigation of what i actually think is the problem so you probably so i don't watch tv news at all um occasionally what did I watch there was something going on I think it was the hurricane Harvey because we had family in um, Houston area and I watched CNN we have CNN in our sling TV so I watched it then I watched Anderson Cooper because he does good national disasters Mm -hmm. and that's what I have so I don't really watch the news unless it's something that I really need to watch I don't watch local news I do I subscribe to three papers online so our local Bangor Daily News which, by the way, sent me a thing saying, instead of having us process your payment online, it costs us money. Can you just send fill out this form with your bank account and routing number and we'll just ACH? And I'm like, this is the wrong way to try to build a digital audience is to have them mail a paper back to your billing department. So I was like, oh, no, you can get my money the old fashioned way online. <laughs> <laughs> and and I also subscribe to the Washington Post and the Boston Globe. And I get the other thing is that because we work in education, if you use your EDU address, you can usually get a good deal on those online subscriptions when you run out. Um, And New York Times, I don't subscribe to, but I'll open the links in an incognito window once I hit my limit to read the articles. So but those are the three like traditional sources that I use. Um, 
And then I probably use Twitter more like you use Facebook. Yeah. Like 100%. So I usually have Twitter open and we'll just kind of keep an eye on it and see what's going on. And there are a lot like so like some of the things that I've learned on Twitter, I find it interesting. I learned about um, Michael Jackson's death and Mm -hmm. I learned about Steve Jobs' death and the uh, marathon bombing. I was actually teaching and I used Twitter in my class and I kind of were like wrapping up. And one of my students was like, there's a bombing in Boston. I'm like, how do you know, like Twitter? And so we instantly started following Twitter. You could get people, you know, you follow the hashtag and people were tweeting from the scene. It was like a really, it was a really good teachable moment for following history as it happens. But there are a handful of people on Twitter that I follow that I really trust. There's a lot of like whack jobs on Twitter too. And the check mark for a verified account really doesn't mean anything because you can get, like it's, it's not, saying that they're a good source of information. It's saying that they've proved who they are, basically. So the ones I wanted to mention in particular are um, Sarah Kenzior. Is, uh, she's a, a scholar who studies uh, uh, authoritarian and dictatorship countries. And she's based out of St. Louis. And she writes, everything she has ever written so far has come to pass when she talks about the things you can expect to see in a Trump presidency. So she doesn't sugarcoat things <clears throat> and she's but she's very informative. She's she goes she now she does like news interviews and stuff on national news, but she's a great one to follow and is sort of a, a good one. Um, <clears throat> Andy Slavitt's a good one to follow for healthcare. He used to be Obama's the Obamacare uh, director. I don't know his exact title. And Ben Wickler is another one that's a good former staffer. That, and and, and <clears throat> those two are definitely biased towards things like the Affordable Care Act and stuff like that. But they're very good. And then there's another one uh, called Alexandra Aaron, who is can be a little exhausting because she will post like things about like du- like she'll do these long rants about Dungeons and Dragons. But then she'll also do these really in-depth um, political, uh, you know, she'll take apart like the whatever's happening, explain the different sides of it. And it's really informative. And then another one is actually a professor at Maine. And her name is Amy Freed, and she's a political science professor, and she's really good about explaining. Like, I can ask her a question, and she'll answer it. She actually lives in the neighborhood, too, I think. But <clears throat> you can ask her a question, and, and she explains it. And I like, because like, sometimes I'm like, what does this mean? Like, right. do I start packing my things and driving to Canada, or should I finish out the work day and get a ice cream on the way home? Like, where do I panic in this? So she's yeah. really good for stuff like that. So I follow Twitter for that kind of stuff. And, I, and like, and some, I, and like, I know that I'll go on the text room and be like, oh my God, did you guys just see this? Like, 20 seconds ago, this just happened. Everyone else is like, no. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a text the other day that said, that made reference to Donald Trump and Melania getting divorced. And it wasn't from Gretchen. And then he said... Wow, how did this happen? And I I didn't get an immediate high <laughs> alert emergency text. And then and then Gretchen responds, "Oh, it's just she's just uh fantasizing or she's just yeah. it's, it's not true, Kelly. She's messing yeah. with you." And I thought, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so, those are some of the places. What other what other Well, I you know, I've talked about this many times that I am into what Shira calls my self-help books. <laughs> and my close friend, uh, who I also, I also work with, has quickly picked up on my trend because I'll tell her something and she she just, just this week I told her something, she looked at me, she goes, did you learn this from one of these books you read? I said, <laughs> yes, I did. So 
when Donald Trump was first elected president, so this is another approach I have to news. So when Donald Trump was elected president, I'm not going to lie, I was very surprised. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> I was shocked. The whole world was surprised. <laughs> Even he was surprised. He was, if you read our Fire yes. and Fury book. So I, I felt like I had to understand it. Because if you just watch him talk, <laughs> you cannot make sense of it. At least I couldn't. His response to any difficult question, real world pressing crises that we have facing our nation, his every response was, it's going to be great. I'm going to fix it. It's going to be amazing. And I, I thought to myself, well, how are you going to fix it? That tells me nothing. So I just couldn't figure it out. So what I did, I think the day after he won, I actually bought the book Great Again by Donald Trump and read it cover to cover really quickly, maybe in a couple days. I didn't have that many words to put in it because it's <clears throat> it was interesting. Be great, so much winning. Only I can fix it. It's great. The it's end. not like how he talks, and that's probably because there's editing and support. But when I will say, after I read the book, I understood how he won. It yeah. helped me get into the minds of people who had been frustrated for many years by liberal viewpoints. I'm not saying I agree. Oh, no, or disagree, you're... but it helped me very much understand an entire population of people that I don't surround myself with that right. frequently and think, okay, and there were some parts of the book that I actually agreed with. Like one of the things in his Great Again book was that he thought we should um, increase the taxable deduction for child care expenses. Oh, yeah. And he had the average cost of child care per family and that we only allow you to tax deduct 5500 And I thought, I completely agreed with 100%. that. 100%. And then the other one was that he wanted to um, increase support for employer-sponsored child care. Absolutely. And Great I idea. thought, wonderful. And health savings accounts. Terrific. He loves them. He's done nothing I except know. for... I know. Deport people and raise... I know. Taxes on poor people, and I, know. I hate him so much. I I'm know sorry. you do. I know. So <laughs> I, so, but I did it. Reading the book actually helped me come down off a ledge. Yes, because I thought, okay, well, maybe it won't all be bad. And, and you I rem- told me about the book, so that's yeah. I was on a walk with our friend in the neighborhood, <laughs> and I every day I'd tell her updates from the book. And I, one day she said, you know, I really hope that it's that these positive things that you've read in the book come to light <laughs> and they haven't and kelly just rolled her eyes like they haven't just tough so that's one of the ways i do cope is and i am reading fire and fury now too but a lot of that we've already heard it's nothing right. so far it's nothing that you we didn't know it's all been very public in the media right right so the other way that i get news so there's a, so i obviously love podcasts and there's a couple political ones that i really like that those talk me off the ledge so the one that um, the top one is Pod Save America, and when the when it looked like that uh, Obamacare was going to be repealed, they had this great podcast that I'm like I was cooking dinner listening to my podcast, and I was like, okay, so they're like, okay, so if this passes the Senate, it still has to do this, and it still has to do that, and like so it was like, okay, all right, I can take a deep breath, like you know, I don't have to worry about pre-existing conditions, and you know, and people I know and love and all this horrible stuff. So Pod Save America is another one. And they and Crooked Media has several podcasts. The two that are my favorite are Pod Save America and Love It or Leave It. And Love It or Leave It is John Lovett, who is super 
amped up and he had this great rant about how we ended up with the government shutdown and the whole thing about how they basically they promised they would pass chip and they promised they would pass DACA and they've said that all along and now they're saying they won't and the whole DACA thing is so like I'm really passionate about insurance but the DACA thing is so insane for me to think about Mm. that you know DACA is the dream act and it's for children who were brought over when they were like five years old and brought into this country illegally and they could never be legal because they were never legal to begin with so this gave them an opportunity to to get naturalized as citizens and they are they've been here for 30 years they had a you know or 20 years because there's only a certain age limit and ice is now deporting they just deported a polish doctor for he's been he came here when he was five years old when his parents were escaping communism and so and he ended up getting his he was a medical doctor and it's been 40 years and he had a when he was 19 there was like a criminal mischief or it sounded like a frat party kind of a thing which is still not great but I mean it wasn't a horrible violent crime it was like spray painting or something stupid I don't know but oh you have a criminal record we need to send you back to Poland he's hasn't been back to Poland, doesn't speak Polish. He's has a has two children and a wife and a, is like your physician down the street. And now he has to be sent back. Like, it's crazy to me that they are just shoveling people out of this country as fast as they can. Well, and this is another reason why whenever I see a headline, I, I have to go into a full investigation <laughs> of the reality because these DACA headlines are very uh, misconstrued. They, a lot of them will say, oh, liberals care about all these illegals coming into our country. And it's not. It's not about criminals trying to enter our country today from our boats, you know, from boats or it's not that. Those that's a wall wouldn't stop. Right. That's not the population we're talking about. Right. It's a very unique subpopulation. Exactly. This is their only home. Yeah. So so again, I think the media can be dangerous because some people, most people aren't going to go find the actual legislative bill. And well, and then they, well, and the media repeats what, what the senators say. So, like, the senator will say, well, this is a protection for illegal immigrants. Yeah, they're illegal because they came here when they were two years old and they didn't have a choice. They didn't say, oh, stop, I would like to not break this law. And a two-year-old would love to break a law. So it's not even that. But they keep repeating so they so that the soundbite becomes illegal, illegal, illegal. When when you look at the actual scenarios and there there are stories all over from towns where like, oh, we didn't think that the taco shop is going to close down like he was a nice one. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, but he still counted and now he's gone forever. So good job. You know, like ranting against illegals. It's like this. It's this very dog whistle racism kind of a thing, which is just drives me nuts. Makes me crazy. Mm -hmm. It's Um, disappointing for sure. I mean, it's. It's really sad. It's terrible. I mean, the DACA situation is. And we're and see, we're up here and like I grew up like literally on the Canadian border. My best friend lived literally on the border that we would walk 50 paces and we would be in Canada cross a bridge. The best swimming was on the Canadian side. So you'd cross a bridge and jump in and out of the like. That's how our border was. So. We are really removed from the idea of the Mexican border and the issues that that faces. But I'm like, try building a wall on the Canadian border. That can you imagine? Can you imagine if they put a wall along the Canadian border? Like it would be unbelievable. But anyway, so even though we're really kind of, we don't have a huge Hispanic population in Maine. We don't have that. I still feel very strongly about that because I well, I lived in Phoenix 
for a year and there is a huge Hispanic population. And when you look at the people that all when you look at the there's so many jobs that that undocumented immigrants do that other people are not going to do. Mm-hmm. And when all of a sudden it's your gardener and your custodian and all these people that are gone, mm-hmm. then what? You know, I mean, a lot of farming. Oh is, my God! There, there's like I mean, actually been already been effects in farms. They're not finding enough farms to pick the crop, or they're yeah. having a hard time finding migrant workers to pick the crops before the food goes bad. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. It drives me insane. This is where I rage scream into a pillow. Well, <laughs> the other, the other approach I like to try to do is when I when there are headlines like right now with the um, Larry Nasser case. So there's a like what oh I know. God. That's another tough one. <laughs> but there are headlines about the judge oh. being hard, you know, too hard on him or her language was biased and all this. But if you just Google, don't read that and then actually just Google and watch the victim oh, yeah. testimonies because they're public. They're, you can watch the whole, you can listen to the victims yourself with your own ears and then listen to the judge speak to him. And then if you understand the way right. that the sentencing hearings work, then you can make your own judgments. And, and the other thing is that I've read, which has been terrific, is that there's a lot of it there. You know, there have been male judges, white male judges who have said things 10 times as damning to minority defendants, to women defendants. You know, maybe you shouldn't have, should have kept your legs closed. You wouldn't have gotten raped, stuff like that. So a lot of this is also just some... Old fashioned, good old fashioned sexism mm. that, oh, she should have been nicer to him. And I love, and that woman is like, she's like, I will not give an interview to, have you seen this? Yeah, to she said it's media? their story. It's, it's not the my vi- story, it's their story. Yeah, I know. She's, it's because he, the, the, uh, Larry Nasser tried to accuse her of a media circus. Yep. But, when I watched this, her sentence him. When you rape 160 girls, uh, I mean, you create your own media circus. It's more than that. Oh, that's 100%. 158 who actually were brave and courageous. Enough. And the university. The, so did you see the university president resigned? Yes. And another one of my favorite Twitter people was like, this could this will end up being a case study in crisis management because everything about this response is terrible. Even the resignation letter was like they said, the victims were mentioned like four times and then I, 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 I. And the university was mentioned like 50 times. And I'm exaggerating those numbers, but it was all about how sad it was for the university and really dismissed the victims. And it's just like, okay, at some point you just got to stop talking and say, I resign, goodbye, and disappear into the sunset. And I just, um, the uh, original woman who brought the case forward, did you see hers? Dolan Handler, Holland Dandler, or something like that? I didn't listen to her testimony oh my god you should listen to it oh i will but i did did you see the clip on when the judge had her stand <laughs> and called her the five-star general of the army oh no i didn't oh see that oh my gosh it just gave me chills i thought you were gonna say that when the judge there's a, a animated gif or gif however you want to choose to pronounce it going around of the judge throwing down the letter where where the defendant was like it's really causing me mental anguish to have them say all these bad things about me to my face and she was like uh no and she and and he ended that letter with hell uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned or something. Yes. And she was like and she was like, do you want to change your plea? Like this is too upsetting for you. We can change your plea and we can pull all these people on the sand. Oh, my God. No, they she she had the woman stand and she said that she was the most courageous woman that had ever stepped foot in one of her courtrooms. And she's the five star general of the army. 
and it was just beautiful awesome. and then she had her stand and then the whole courtroom gave her a standing ovation yeah because she's the one that kept and she's actually a lawyer yeah and she, she like kind of like realized she's going like wait this is not right this isn't and then she found out that all these reports had gone ignored well we just didn't believe you and like okay well, so when you don't believe 14 people that are coming forward with similar stories what do you believe Oh my God, it's so infuriating. But the, the interesting, it's really interesting how people perceive communications. And that's a whole other field of study because I watched her sentence him. And there's quite a bit of criticism of her, like we right. had already discussed being rude or inappropriate or mean. Mean. Oh, but, so sad. But she wasn't, she was just very direct with him. She said, I'm a forgiving judge. I believe in rehabilitation. Yeah. I send many defendants out of my courtroom and they return in a year, two years, three years, recovered. They learn from their lessons. They're better people. I believe in that. You? No. You do not think you've done anything wrong. And yeah. so, and then she slowly calculated out what his sentence would be. And she said, I want to make sure that you never... Um, are harmful yeah. to another one. I, it is my honor to to um, sentence you to death in prison, to a life sentence in prison. That was maybe the worst thing she said, but is that really mean? Yeah, it's very. It's just perception. People's perceptions is a fascinating, and this is how we get, you know, so much different um, controversy in the world because you hear well, someone she, say something and you hear I think it. She different. said, and she said more than that. Like there was more than that that was said too. So it was a it was a longer. I'll define. Yeah, it I mean, I'm not. I don't but have it, was, it memorized, but it, yeah. it did. It, none of it was inappropriate. From where I'm coming from, I didn't see how it was. Yeah, mean. That's. I mean, she he she is being. I don't think you can be attacked as mean. I don't think that there's anything you can do to be mean to somebody who has sexually abused at least 160 young girls. You can't be mean if you're just stating facts. Nope. And that's all she was doing. Exactly. It's so crazy. So the other. So the other thing that helps me get through the day is humor you'll be shocked to know that kelly that no. i like things oh, are she, funny. and you're you throw out some witty ones it's it's too bad because i don't think that we've had a witty moment yet where you maybe because i say things that are ridiculous and then gretchen will have a witty response <laughs> offline when we're not recording our podcast and i must say at least once a day gretchen you kill me where do you come up with these things? I don't know. Especially her emo her text emoji. Oh my gosh. My bitmoji, which her, I shared a picture emoji? of a bit my bitmoji with a disco ball, which still cracks Kelly up every time. I, I always look for like the craziest, wackiest ones. <laughs> so I love, I don't stay up late, but um, you can find all this stuff on YouTube, like all the late night talk show hosts and their bits. So there are three that I in particular totally love for breaking it down and Used to be in the like Bush administration, it was John Stewart, but he's retired on a goat farm or whatever. But I think that the best one and the most like that happens almost every day is Seth Meyers. Have you seen any of Seth Meyers' closer looks? Oh my God, they are so good. And they're like seven to 10 minutes. They're just, they're brief. They're all on YouTube. They're on YouTube almost the same day that they air, I think. So, I'll watch one of those and it, it'll be an ex like this one this week. He has one about the Women's March. He has one about Stormy Daniels, who was conveniently paid $130,000, which was also conveniently transferred from the Republicans to the Trump organization. Did you see that part? No. Oh, so 
if you switched out the name Clinton or Obama on any of these stories, any one, just one, one, we would be in a national crisis. But no, because it's him. It's just like, oh, yeah. What what do you expect? Anyway, I, th- I think Bill Clinton got away with quite a bit. We, yeah. were, we were easy on him, too. There was less Internet. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I but, mean, but not like this. Anyway. So I, you Myers, are really biased to Bill Clinton because I know you think he's handsome. It's not and electrifying. Handsome. It's not. It is. It is a charisma. And I think I, I talked about it on the podcast, and then I posted about it, and I had talked to somebody else who was one of my Facebook friends who had been a journalist at the time, and she was like, "It was we like we actually had this conversation back and forth about how you couldn't understand it unless you had experienced it. How it was just a weird like alien invasion thing. It was weird. I understand I, that, but he definitely abused his power. Oh, he one hundred percent. I don't deny that at all. I, I think we still were pretty easy on him. But it's yeah. Hillary that's really and paid she's for one his. That's, yeah, totally. Yes. Well, Hillary, and then of course the rest of the world. Yeah. By def- True. after that, because of we're now um, there is a we're two minutes now to midnight on the atomic clock have you seen this it's like the how close are we to a nuclear armageddon basically oh my gosh i don't want to talk see this is the stuff yeah. i i do not like to rage hear. scream into a pillow i do not like to hear about anyway well i'm sure that seth Myers <laughs> will talk about it and make it seem really not that bad so it'll be okay because he talked about like one of the things he talked about was did you see the hawaii missile alert story no oh my god you didn't see this no i tried to keep my oh. brain happy in hawaii everyone in hawaii you know how you get like the amber alert messages on your phone yes everyone in hawaii got an automated text that said a ballistic missile is incoming this is not a drill seek shelter and it was an accident obviously because hawaii is still here that they didn't correct for 38 minutes oh my gosh 38 minutes and so there was these stories of people that were like like this guy who had dropped his older son off at the airport and was driving home and got this and was like do I go to my wife do I go to my child where do I go because I only have how much time do I have what's going to happen people mothers putting their kids in storm grains hoping that would help them from the nuclear fallout 38 minutes what can you imagine getting a, a missile alert and having like right now if we got if that pinged our phones what would you do go to school and your kids are at one location right no oh no right I'll pick up Cameron we'll meet you back here yeah <laughs> But it was like, so, and then, and the president never said anything. And you know that, like, a real president would have gone out there and, like, this was a terrible mistake. We're going to immediately How look. How did that happen? Click the wrong button. Click the wrong link on the alert. They were doing a drill, and there's one that's labeled drill and one that isn't. And he clicked the non-drill one. And the governor. The president did? No, the the, the Department of Defense or whoever oh in Hawaii gosh. that were doing a, a oh training gosh. mission. And the governor of Hawaii couldn't get the message out because he forgot his Twitter password. Makes me want to bang my head against the wall. It's insane. So anyway. So, and I know about the Twitter password thing because of Seth Meyers. And he does it in such a nice, funny way. So, like, I would recommend, like, watch a Seth Meyers closer look. <laughs> Watch a couple a week. It'll give you like a good dose of what you need to know. Um, the other one that I love is Full Frontal with Sam B. And she's on TBS. But all these videos are on Facebook or on uh, YouTube the next day. So you don't even need to have cable to watch these. You just don't watch them live. And she is, I love Sam B. And she was from The Daily Show before. Um, and she goes on these awesome rants. And she's very, very feminist. And so I totally love her. And the other one is uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. 
and he will take on a topic and dive in deep like a 20 minute video on a topic and he's fantastic too so those are my three like comedians that i really love for getting news did you watch any so my favorite uh, during the recent election presidential election when saturday night live Oh, Saturday Night Live is just can't like that's oh. just I watch that every. Oh my I watch gosh, I was those were the <laughs> absolute best. I mean, because I remember the first presidential uh, debate I watched. I was watching it and I thought this is really strange. The one where he was <laughs> wandering like a shark. That might not have been the first one, but the one where he was yeah. pacing and stalking her and in behind. And I, <laughs> I you know I haven't focused enough on presidential campaigns in my lifetime to understand what's normal and what's not. I mean, I I naturally thought it was really odd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's just like your human instinct. It's like you're you're too close. (laughs) I'm thinking, this is really odd. And then two days later, maybe even that next day, the Saturday Night Live skit. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I was belly because it's, it's how i perceived it but i wasn't sure if i was way off or not off or crazy snl i mean snl is just snl is as old as me there i mentioned my age no, <laughs> at least i was like God. you're not that much older you're not but i've been watching snl my whole life it's like snl is like actually a big reason that dave and i ended up together but anyway it's, but i think that in order to enjoy snl you really have to see right what it is that they're impersonating so here's what you do. So if you want like, this is like, oh my God, this is going to be like your good news, but real news thing. So you can go, you can watch Seth Meyers, you can watch Sam B. Full Frontal is, I think, it, I don't know if it's back off from hiatus. It was off for the holidays. Watch those and then watch SNL and we'll inform you and you'll have all those pieces and it will all be funny and it won't be <laughs> terrifying because it will have already happened, like the missile alert and the doomsday clock. It'll just be the... Oh, look at what happened. <laughs> we almost Well, there's it. another one, The Skim. Yep. Have you ever seen that? Yep. And that's... That's like the highlights of the news that... So you can read through. it quickly and it, they, they do... They make it kind of funny too. The, oh, the other podcast I would recommend is not about current politics, but one of the things... I have a I have a senior faculty member that I talk to and he'll come down to my office and he's been there forever and he'll come down and we'll talk about politics once in a while and so i'm like is this what watergate was like because what what is going on like i need some reassurance he was like nah this is worse but there's a whole podcast series about watergate and what happened because i really feel like i don't understand that very well yeah and it's called slow burn and it's by slate and i think there's 12 episodes but they're like half an hour or so and it has interviews and tapes and it explains what happened and how it all went down and it's really fascinating and it's like okay so like the fact that right now all these people are walking free that might not be the case next year so i'm just gonna have faith in the process and that everything is gonna go okay but it's it's sort of an interesting an interesting one but i definitely love humor that's why i like pod save america that's why i like john lovett um 538 politics is good too but they're a little bit more serious than the crooked media people but those are the ones that i really enjoy to get and they're all people that used to work in the white house so they worked in obama's white house so they have like hands-on policy experience one was a speechwriter for obama one worked on policy so they ha- it's not just like you and i ranting about politics they have like deep knowledge of the political process do you ever read the other side or listen to podcasts on republican viewpoints just to understand Fuck no i <laughs> 
No, 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 it doesn't sully my ears. I will. Uh, the thing is that you have to know your sources. Like there's some sites like if I'm looking on Facebook and they have these things and it's like Occupy Democrats and stuff like that. Like I don't I don't follow those links because I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I want it to be real news. And I like the Washington Post is real news. Boston Globe is real news. Yeah. Politico usually has some good um, stuff. The Hill is another one that has good information. But I don't I really I don't go into the I, I don't and I don't want to. <laughs> Well, I just, I think it's... You can do that for me. Well, I think it's interesting sometimes just because if you don't understand where the other side's coming from, you don't, it's tough. I think we could be more effective at coming to mutually agreed upon outcomes if we just each listen to each, like if each... I'm not even listening right now. No, but if each side (laughs) listen to each other, because a lot of times, like specifically with my family, because my, I've said this before, but my family is extremely conservative but i find that because they only listen to conservative news and conservative viewpoints they don't really understand where liberals are coming from on certain issues like healthcare. Healthcare is the best one because i think if conservative if everybody i i don't even like labels i don't even like political labels because i think it prevents us from getting to where we really need to be but i but i strongly believe if if we just took away the labels for a minute and looked at healthcare from a dollars and cents perspective, conservatives would agree upon a single payer system. But because they're often just listening, extreme, extreme right. conservatives, just listening to their sources and, and their beliefs, they don't understand what benefit it would be to them to go to a single payer system or what benefit it would be to our country financially. So that's why I do like to like, even on um, news sites on Facebook, when a a headline hits, I like to read the comments because I like to, it irritates me. I get mad sometimes, but I think, Oh, okay. That's where you're coming from. And sometimes people do have good points. Right. Hmm, I never thought about it like that. That's a good point that you're making. Or it just, so at least you know what you should defend because if you don't listen to the other side, you don't even know what you need to convince them or right. to educate them. Right. On facts. So I definitely don't listen to podcasts like that. Although they do have the like um Positive America will bring in opposing viewpoints and stuff, but they'll also they also do explain Here's what the Republicans want. This is what they want. This is what they think they're going to get. And this is why it's so terrible. The other thing, too, is that this is also so not like any other era of politics ever. Like, it's not the usual. It's not the like they John Lovett had this great rant about how they were trying to make up this deal with Duck and like one of his things he was like you know if it was like maybe they'd go and they'd have some good old fashioned bipartisan and he you know um, negotiating where you work on it you give a few things you get a few things the other side gives a few things and then you realize you know and then you talk about your families and you talk about yo you have something that is you know you have something in common and you have a shared humanity and all this and he's like and this is not what's happening it's just this line drawing in the sand of no we're not going to fund the government because you want to let illegals in like it's just it's crazy so those yeah. podcasts really do kind of provide a light but it's not i like fox news makes my stomach churn like i can't like that's and they're so far but i don't well i don't watch news anyway you know but fox news just will blatantly lie like like legitimately lie mm-hmm. or ignore the news if it's negative 
and they don't even you know like it will be um some big thing in the Mueller investigation and they'll be like but what about you know Hillary's emails 12 years later and meanwhile every other station is talking about oh like the president's about to be interviewed by Mueller or whatever and they just ignore it and they don't and that's so at least positive America, like all these other places they don't do that they don't completely ignore mm. the reality of both sides I don't know if that makes sense but mm-hmm. it's but that's so but I don't I don't specifically seek it out um, well, part of it, like, so the Wall Street Journal is one that's a very right paper, but they're under, behind a paywall that I can't get past, and I'm not going to pay them. <laughs> so I don't see that one. Well, there's, you know, the local uh, elected official in our neighborhood who posted recently about changing the name of the Valentine's Dance? Yes. Okay, so did you read some of the comments under that? I read some of them, yeah. It was really interesting because I knew that was going to cause some controversy. It causes controversy every year. And I so the con the controversy uh, is that the city has a father daughter dance, mm-hmm. and there is and I and I agree with it that you know that to be more inclusive to include families that don't have a father present. Um, my daughters love going; they love going every year, you know. And so I totally agree with it. But there's it's been forever; it's always a tradition. It's been the father daughter dance for fifty years, and so there's some. So so the uh, counselor was posting about how he's requested they change it to the Valentine dance, and that it's not restricted to. A man bringing a daughter mm-hmm. and I think just the name yeah because I think behind it was you know now we have many more accepted same-sex well just there's couples. so many different types of families yeah there's multiple different type of family dynamics and you know maybe when we were growing up I didn't know any same-sex fam couples when mm-hmm. I wasn't when I was growing up because I, we weren't as accepting as we are today. I think right. we have made a lot of progress in that area and hopefully we can continue. So when I read his post, I've been thinking about that my entire life, yeah. that we should change it. Because, you know, when I was younger, my biological father was not in the picture and I lived with my mom and those dances would come up. And of course, I always wanted to go because lo- I'm right. a girly girl. <laughs> and so my grand- my s- grandmother's boyfriend at the time and now her husband took me which I was very thankful but I did feel different I always felt a little left out because it was supposed to be and everyone knew he wasn't my father he was old you know and so old was he back then I don't know I don't remember you probably you know he probably was the right age to be (laughs) but I just I just thought to myself this makes a lot of sense but people were writing in the comments why do we always have to change the tradition I took my yeah. daughter and I expect my son to take his daughter and let's just be done with it but it's just such a very self-centered yep. thought process and I just think well so it's kind of so I want the other side to understand the liberals viewpoints too totally, totally. so I feel like both sides don't listen to each other enough you know this one rant on that post was just a perfect example of it he just went on this big rant about how he didn't want to change he wanted it to be the father-daughter dance, and he wanted it to go on that way for many generations. And who cares about everyone else? That would be a perfect opportunity for a very conservative religious organization to host their own father-daughter dance. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> there you go. But I mean, when we look at the statistics, how many families today are traditionally right. di- set up with parents, with a male and a female father and mother that are the that are biological parents right i mean right original parents or right. whatever yeah. I, 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 it's the fam modern family 
Yeah. There's a reason for it. It's we there are many different family structures and why can't we just be accepting? Why can't we just be more accepting? I don't understand why there's a debate about this. <laughs> anyway, <sighs> we should move on to our favorite thing. Okay. You have one? Yeah. What's yours? Um so I love bog boots. I buy that we all my my myself, my James and my kids, we all have them and I got a really cute pair last year. But they leaked. And so I actually complained about it and the Boggs sent me a $200 gift card to buy a different pair. They didn't make that model anymore. So I got a new pair and they are awesome. They're... Uh, Do you know what the model style oh, is? Oh, shoot. If you forget, we'll put it in the show notes. Yes. So send me the link after. They, ha- they have fur and they're the first Boggs to go below negative 40. Oh, nice. They're super warm. They tie up. They're stylish. They're fuchsia and blue. <laughs> See, I have bugs too, and I find that my feet get super cold, like when I'm at the ski lessons or whatever. And like, and they say they're supposed to go like twenty below, but I'm like twenty below, what? Like if I don't know, they I don't find them super warm. So I'm excited to hear that you found a pair that are nice and warm. Yeah, they're cool. great. So mine is going to be Allerpet, which is I have terrible, and this is directly related to politics. Like this is literally directly related to politics, and I'll explain. Gretchen, why. question before you go into this: <laughs> go. Are politics your favorite? No. Thing to think about. And I wish about. I didn't have to fucking think about them Because I feel like all. that's all you do. It's it's absorbed in my, it's just. You need to run for office. I mean, you're wasting your energy just reading about it. I know. You should do something about it. <laughs> Maybe I will. Call Emily's list. Yes. So after the president was elected, I literally was sick to my stomach. I did not sleep that whole night. I went to my class like a zombie. It was crazy. But that week, I took the girls to the animal shelter and I was like, I need to like have some like moment of light in this week because I cannot believe what just happened. So we, I took the girls to the animal shelter and oh God, there was this like be, uh, basset hound that was literally smiling at us. Dave was like, get it. I'm like, no, we can't have a 12 year old basset hound come live with us. But we were, but that was, in, that was literally the week of the election. And I was like, Dave, maybe we should get Maybe the girls should have a pet, like for when the nuclear Armageddon does come, that there's something co- that they've known the love of a cat. So for Christmas that year, we got I'm a very firm believer that pets are not gifts, but pet supplies can be. So for Christmas, we got them all the supplies to have cats and we decided to get two cats. We got a pair of bonded brothers, but I have terrible cat allergies. But I also decided in the mushroom cloud, it wouldn't matter if I had cat allergies and my children should have a pet. So I found out about this stuff called Allerpet, which is a cat, a shampoo for cat dander. So Dave, like every week to 10 days, he brushes out the cats and he rubs this lotion all into their fur and it keeps the dander from spreading. And I can tell when it's starting to wear off because I start getting allergic. And so I don't have to take an allergy pill every day. I don't have to use my inhaler. It is unbelievable the difference it makes. And it's like $7 a bottle. We've had a bottle. We've had the cats for over a year now and the bottle is still... Like, we still have stuff in the bottle, and I even lent it to our neighbor. She just got a cat. I let her try it because she thought maybe one of her kids was having an allergy. Um, and it is amazing. And it is the reason that my children have cats. And we actually I called them Trump pets. <laughs> so what did you, what did you pets. name them? Uh, the girls named them. We have Taco and Jinx, and they are brothers, and they're pretty chill. They play with each other, and they fight each other, and they groom each other, and they're, they're very good. They're very good boys. So they're not so, Donald and... <clears throat> No. Kushner. Not Eric and Donald no. or Jervanka. <laughs> no, it's Taco and Jinx. And so my kids get to have cats that sleep on their beds at night and that they get to carry around and they get to snuggle on the couch. And 
it was literally a direct because I never thought we had a cat. Dave had a cat when we first met and my allergies got so much better after she sadly died that I never thought I'd have another cat again. But I was like, no, my kids need to have a pet in the dark times. So here we are. Gretchen, I'm going to make a challenge to you. (laughs) Okay. If you don't (laughs) run for office or get on some kind of leadership (laughs) board or something, I forbid you from any of those favorite podcasts you shared (laughs) and any of the news media stations and any texting about anything politic related because I am concerned about your mental health. (laughs) You either need to take action or you're not allowed to think about it. I marched. I call my senators regularly. No, that's not enough. Not for you. You know too much. What do you mean I know too much? You're very informed. You're wasting wasting your brain. The march isn't going to do enough. You need Took to have some of that energy. I'm glad you did it. Listen, I'm glad you did it. But for you, it's not enough. You, I'm challenging you. You should do something more. I will help from the underground. <laughs> I'll be the underground railroad. I mean, you bought election cats. <laughs> that right there. That, election that, cats. That, I election think that cats. is what made me come to this final live so instead of buying instead of buying shelter pets i should run for office yes <laughs> correct absolutely i think everyone is going to agree with me on this please people send in some comments on the facebook thread that gretchen should run for office oh yeah okay that's what we want to see all right well that does say we do have a facebook page you can always email us at balancing chaos podcast at gmail.com and you can like us on stitcher and itunes and leave us a review and until next week we're just gonna say bye bye